I don't wanna go to work I just wanna chill and play All day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep while you work Welcome to the Jobs Blow Podcast. I'm Brianna Haas, and this is the podcast for dreamers with and without day jobs. Things are going to be a little different in this episode and moving forward because in case you hadn't noticed, hear that silence? Josh isn't here. The good news is he's pursuing some other projects right now, but we can look forward to visits from him in upcoming episodes. In the meantime, I will do my best to continue to bring you inspiring stories that will hopefully get you through the Delta variant and beyond. And since I don't have Josh for any witty banter, let's get to the show. This week's show is called Parallel Paths with John Laloja, the author of Shitty Jobs. Um, John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, um, are you wondering why I called the show Parallel Paths? Would you like me to tell you why, John? I would. Well, because obviously you wrote a book called Shitty Jobs and I have a podcast called Jobs Blow being the first parallel, but also you do comedy. I did comedy. You do social media. I'm in PR. We have a lot of similarities. We're aligned in a lot of ways. So hence the reason this show is called Parallel Paths. A perfect title. All right. So usually I like to give an inspirational quote at the top of the show based on our guest. Um, So this quote is, Oh, you hate your job? Why didn't you say so? There's a support group for that. It's called Everybody, and they meet in the bar. Do you know who said that? No. It's actually Drew Carey. Really? Yes. Now, it may have been on a show. I don't know. Um, but I found that, and I thought it was pretty perfect. So That's perfect. Very true. Okay. <laughs> so, John, why don't you uh, start us off by telling us your current job title? Sure. Uh, social media director. Um, doing that. I've been working in social media for the last like eight to, to 10 years. I uh, started as a kind of honestly, like the, I started just writing copy because I had a background in comedy and that was around 20 after grad school, 2013. Um, and I only got into it just because it was creative writing and people like, oh, you're funny. You can write, uh, write for our clients. And then that turned into like a coordinator job and then a manager. And then social media from 2013 on has just exploded exponentially. So not just writing, but now it's content. Now it's paid social and influencers and targeting and paid ads. So I just literally, none of this existed in the curricul- curriculum at, at school or anything. So it's just basically just learning on the job as the medium became just you know more prominent. And, and John, just- email didn't exist when I was in school, all right? Oh, okay. Yes, you, you, you get it. Um, so it just exploded. And I never would have thought that it would turn into to this. I mean, I grad, I started college uh, in 05. The medium Facebook wasn't even created until 03. So there is no school for what I did. I, I, got, my, I got my degree is in broadcast communications and my master's is in See? communications. So Me too. basically the most broad thing you could do, just kind of covering all bases. Cause I, I wanted to do that because I have so many different interests and curiosities that I was like, this is perfect for me because, you know, people are like, Oh, I, I envy the person that says, oh, I always wanted to be a dentist or I always wanted to be a lawyer. And it's like, I had so many things that I thought like that I think I can do and I have interest in doing. So that was a good I major think- keep it open. I think those people are lying. Dentists and lawyers. That's not true. They didn't. I don't, 
I don't know. I, I worked, I worked for a dental company and some people like legit just want to do that. All just want to get in that mouth, dig in. The yeah. I want to get in that mouth. Also that, the way, <laughs> that, that profession is the, the, I think one of the highest suicide rates. So, you know, I mean, maybe not a good goal. We sound like anti-dentites and I bet you probably don't know that reference, do you? Well, and I actually, if, if in my book, every chapter starts with a George Costanza quote and, and before the book starts, it's literally a George Costanza quote. It's like the preface. I love that. All right. Well, um, I had an, oh, my other question to you. So are you working for an agency or a brand specific? No, just like on the client side, just a, just a company, um, I don't want to really say yeah, their yeah, name, that's fine. but, but yeah, it's just a, it's a company on the client side. We work with an agency that helps us, um, do digital advertising and stuff, but obviously I'm on the client side and, uh, yeah, been doing that for, for a bit and it's great. I, I, I really like it. It's, it's an opportunity to, to be creative. Um, but you know, I, obviously I wrote this book. I have a background in comedy and writing and performing. So, um, with, with my, you know, various jobs in my past and my, you know, background in writing and comedy. Um, this book was kind of a sort of a, a perfect storm to, to explore. So is this company, do they let you use your comic comedic chops when you're doing social? Yeah, I think, yeah, they do. It's actually a pretty progressive company. So they're pretty liberal with like, things that you can say. I've worked for massive like market research companies and huge corporations where there is a brand guidelines and SOP that's like, you know, 500 pages long. Um, this is not one of those companies. So it's, it's a kind of a breath of fresh air to, to work there and being able to have some creative direction and, and invoke humor and the content, which is, which is really nice. So do they know about your book, Shitty Jobs? Uh, one person on on my team does, yeah. I kind of just didn't want to... It was written before I started this job. So the, the book, I wrote it during the pandemic. I was laid off at, at a previous job um, and unemployed. And, and, uh, and so I, I, wrote, I wrote the book before I started my new job. And then while I was, you know, since I've been at this job, I've just been doing the pub, you know, like working with the publisher and stuff. But the book was written before I started my my current job. I wrote it when I was uh, furloughed during the, the summer of 2020. Okay. All right. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about your book? Tell me how you came about writing it and your journey. I don't know if you want to talk about your career path along the way that inspired sure. you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was a broadcast journalism major. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I'm a huge sports fan. And I had interned at, I mean, I, in the book, I, I talk about internships. I had seven unpaid internships during my, my life. Um, and I interned at ESPN radio in Chicago and Comcast Sportsnet in, in Chicago and, and did my own radio show and was on local TV station and took it really seriously. Um, and then I graduated in 2009, right you know, in the spring of 09, right a few months before the recession of 08. Um, so it was just horrific time to find jobs. It was just so bad. No, I couldn't, I couldn't find a job. Like it took so long. I was a, 
I was a bartender for, for a bit and went back to live home with my parents. There's a chapter about that in the book as well. Um, and then just, and then just had a bunch of really odd jobs. I worked, uh, as a yellow page salesman over the telephone during a, like a huge economic recession. Wait, and that, was that still the books? They were still like the hard Copy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm selling. Yeah. When in 2010, when people have Google and an iPhone <laughs> and the, internet. uh, so, and that experience is in, is in the book. And I was an intern at 26. I worked as a, a bartender at Applebee's and I lied and said, I knew how to make drinks and I didn't know how to make drinks. Uh, so just, you know, I, um, my God, I worked as like a temp. I worked, uh, I just had a mill at one point in from 2013 to 2015, I had 10 different jobs. Um, so I just had a bunch of different odd jobs that were just insane. And by the whole time I was doing comedy after graduating college, I, I started doing second city and improv Olympic. And so the comedy didn't, wasn't inspired from your bad jobs. It was, you wanted- No, I was doing comedy at this time, but I, I was experiencing all these bad jobs as I was doing comedy in the evenings, okay. performing, writing, all that stuff. But I would jot down some of these experiences during that I had at these jobs that were just insane. And some of the jobs were so stupid. Like some of these just bullshit jobs. There, there's a book called Bullshit Jobs, which is more of like a, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it- I actually Googled your, like to look up your book today some more. That came up? That one came up, yes. Got to get better at my paid search. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's job. And that's kind of, that was written as sort of like a clinic, like kind of a- um, like a professor wrote it and, and, and kind of a um, like an educational and historical background on like these bullshit jobs and how they came to exist. My book is kind of a personal anecdote of like, oh, here's a personal experience of that person right. experience these jobs. So they were just so stupid. And I would write them down. And then the pandemic hit in 2020 and I was furloughed and I was just, you know, had time and I was going through all my old comedy notebooks and this I, I was, I don't believe necessarily in signs or whatever, but this was like, I went through every book in back 2008, 2010, 12, 14, 13, 15, like everything, every comedy book I had, it was like this shitty, bad jobs, bad jobs, bad jobs, like this book, this like, and it was like book idea, shitty job. It was just in everywhere. And I was like, you know what? The world is completely shut down. I'm furloughed. I have no idea when I'm going to go back to work ever. Um, I've wanted to write this book for so long. I know these stories so well. I wrote the book in less than two months. It's not a long book, but I was able to write it with under two months. Um, and I was like, I, I have, I have to tell the story. And so the book is a, is a humorous account of all my shitty jobs and, and ridiculous experiences. Also pointing out the, the, these insane jobs that people did and how they're, you know, the, the managers were terrible and no one really cared. Uh, well, and that's and what I, I wanted to ask. How much of it was it that it was a shitty job or the people were shitty? Like both. Like, for example, like, okay, so the, they worked at a job uh, as a yellow page salesman and I'm working at this job where you have to make a hundred calls a day and have like 40 minutes of talk time. And they record you on these, you know, on this line. Um, so you're selling yellow pages in 2010. 
to people who have smartphones and use Google and use the internet to find whatever, usually whatever they're looking for, unless they are of a certain age. And those are the only people that would ever buy anything. It was like over, I think at the time it was over. Did you consider laser targeting short people? Because I know those books, like when I was little sitting at the dinner table, sitting on, like sitting on a yellow pages, white pages book got me where I needed to be. So maybe that would have helped a little. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. But like people were like, would threaten to kill me. Like when I would call them be like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Do you want to buy a extra bold line in the, the Henry County book uh, outside of Chicago? And people would like threaten me. One guy said, uh, I will buy something from you. I was a horrible salesman. I made zero sales. Um, he goes, one guy said, I will buy something from you, but you have to prove that you have a college degree because you're like a, are we allowed to swear in this podcast? Have, yes. <laughs> he goes, he goes, cause you sound like a fucking idiot. And I was like, I mean, I'm so desperate for a sale. I like sent him a copy of my like collegiate transcript. I hope <laughs> you he, blocked out your, infer- your personal. Yeah, life. I did. I did. But I, you know, I, yeah. I said it to him because I was like, so, and then I would, I would call, it was just horrible. Like it's such an archaic job. Like yeah. no one, no one likes me. The, by the way, all of our jobs, the telephone sales reps, for this yellow page book, they were all liquidated. Like all of our jobs were eventually liquidated and ever, and there's a chapter, there's a part of the book where I'm explaining that. And I'm just like, everyone, some people are crying as they're losing their jobs. I was crying, but like tears of joy because I hated <laughs> it so much. I was so happy that I, I didn't have to work at this place anymore. And I would call like to get my talk time up because they record you. You have to get to make a hundred calls a day. And that is so incredibly soul-sucking oh yeah and And wait so how long were you there it felt like forever but it was like a year and a half wait you would you stuck it out for a year and a half and you made yeah i mean i was living i was living i I moved out from my parents and i was living in chicago doing comedy and i was like i'm just gonna keep i'll just keep doing this um kept you without any sales for you no i mean i was on a i was on i was on like a performance plan forever and i think the only reason and i couldn't find a job the only way i got this job was my my parents when i was living at home were in the backyard and the vp of this company was our neighbor and he's like oh i can get john john a job and they're like well he's been looking for like six months in this you know in this recession he can't find anything so that's how I got it. And I would have like been, I'm sure I would have been fired way earlier if it had not been that I was his reference, like the VP of the company. I think and I was just horrible. I would call, like I would call disconnected numbers. I would keep a list of disconnected numbers. I, I just couldn't talk to anyone else because I people were horrible. They were mean. They would threaten to kill me. They said how stupid I was. They were like, I feel bad for you. Like, you know, and I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing this because I have to have this job or else I, I, I have to move out of the city. I would call disconnected numbers. So it would count as a call, but, but I would have a list of them. I would just knock them out. I would just bang them out really quick. And there was one in 2010, I'm pretty sure this business was a front for something else. Money. No, it's not. I'm not going to tell you the business, but it is a big, like it, you, you'd be surprised you'd be surprised. You'd be like, holy shit. Like that's the company that did this. Like, yes, it, it was. And I, one day I had 110 calls and like four minutes of talk time. <laughs> so I would just call disconnect numbers. And then after a while I was like, well, shit, I got to come up with something else. Like I'm, I, I, I keep, this is embarrassing. 
So what I would do was call, I would call my own cell phone and just leave myself voicemails, oh my uh, pretending to be like, I would do characters and comedy. So like I would call my own cell phone that I didn't have a voicemail because I didn't, I was recorded and I didn't want them to check to see if it was my number. Uh, and then I would just pretend that I was a customer that I was talking to. So I would just bullshit. And well, just they make... probably thought you were psychotic. They probably. Were... That's probably another reason they didn't want to like fire know. me. They're like, this guy's certifiably yeah. insane. And he might know. do something like really dangerous to the office if we fire him. So, so yeah, yeah, like that. So that was one experience. There are so, there's so many other jobs that I was just, just terrible at because they were just so dumb. Like they were just ridiculous. Okay. So what job was the worst? Cause that one's pretty bad. So that one was, that one was horrible. Uh, there was a job where I was a, I was a bartender and uh, I needed a job. And for the summer, this was when I was, are we doing like this, this particular job was with, between my junior and senior year of college. Can we talk about that? Or do you want like professional? If this is the worst job you had, give it to me. I just, I'm okay, cool. Here. So I was a bartender uh, at Applebee's, a local Applebee's, which 100% was a, a drug front because like there were drug sales definitely happening like by the dumpster, like the same cars would come around a lot. <laughs> anyway, I needed a summer job and they're like, oh, do you bartend? And I was like, no, I, I don't really drink that much, but I would really like to be a host. And they're like, well, we really usually give those jobs to like 17 year old girls and not like 22 year old guys or 21 <laughs> year old guys. I was like, yeah, I know. I'd still like to be a host. I think that's the best job. And they're like, well, you're 21. And I just turned 21. It was between my junior and senior year of college. And I was interning at Comcast Sportsnet three days a week. But my mom was like, you have to get a paid job your, your other time. So I was like, well, I'll just get this job at Applebee's because it's better than listening to this shit all fucking summer. <laughs> She's going to just hound me for a job. And so I got it. And they're like, do you bartend? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I bartend. I completely lied. And they're like, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, great. Like, well, you can be a bartender. I was like, all right, fine. So I didn't know how to make any drinks. So like, they gave me this like catalog book, which was like 10 like five feet high. And they're like, you need to memorize all these drinks. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I, I didn't do it. I just sat in my car. There's no way I was going to like memorize those drinks. So I would make drinks that were disgusting because they were wrong. Cause I didn't know how to make them. And people would be like, Oh, I'll make an out long on a nice tea. And the way I would make a drink was I would look at the picture and look at the colors and then look at the colors of alcohol and then try oh to, Oh my make God. And, and they were just disgusting. And I just, it basically, if you didn't order a bottle of beer, uh, you were not going to get what you wanted. And I would always pitch beer. And there was one time I, I so like Long Island iced tea, I put like iced tea and like, mm, you know, like bourbon and it kind of was kind of brown. And, you know, like. I was, and how long did you keep this job? It was only for a couple of months, okay. uh, but there's more. So I would do this and I would, I would give it to people like, this doesn't taste right. And I was like, uh, you know, you want a beer? And they're like, no. And they're like, can you remake this? I was like, okay. And I would remake it and it would continue to be bad because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and then one woman, I remade a drink for her and she was like, this is worse. And I was like, do you want a beer? And she's like, no, I don't. And I was like, well, you know, 
I can't help you. Like, uh, I'll make you another drink. And they're like, no, just give me water. And uh, by the way, I worked a graveyard shift, which was like 11 a.m. to four during the week, which is Applebee's like, is open till four. It's open at 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. So this is like oh. a day shift and it's just dead. There's no one in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then also I would, I got in trouble because I ate gummy worms. So they, they make these things called dirt shakes for children. I just want to say, John, right now you sound really shitty, not the job. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm with you on the, the last job. Yeah. It seems to me that you were a shitty employee in this 100%. job. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I, I was not a good employee. I was terrible. Uh, At this job, there were other professional jobs that were terrible. But okay. I'd yeah, like to absolutely. talk about those I make, because I yeah, feel I make, like there's someone out there tell, telling a story about how they had a bartender employee who just sucked and would yeah. make these drinks and 100%. not know how to do it. 100%. Yes. Oh, yes. A lot of these jobs, like the job sucked and I, there's some jobs that suck and I really tried and they just did not work out. There are some jobs that sucked and I didn't try because they were horrible. And then there were some jobs that were horrible and I was a terrible employee. This is probably one of those the example. Anyway, at this Applebee's, they made these shakes called dirt shakes. They're for children. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would eat these gummy worms that would go on top. So it's like, you know, vanilla ice cream with like Oreo cookie crumbles on top. And then you sprinkle them with gummy worms to make it look like there's a, worms coming out of the dirt. So I started eating these worms. Like I just couldn't stop eating them. I ate like a whole bag. And this is not like a bag you would get at CVS. This is like an industrial sized bag. In one I, ate like a whole, I ate like the whole thing. And I got pulled into the manager's office and they're like, hey, are you eating these gummy worms? I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we have you on camera. You're eating, you're, you're, this is starting to cut into our inventory. Usually these bags are saved for like four months. Like we have to get a new bag. I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, <laughs> they're really good. They're like, yeah, well, you know, don't eat them. You know, they're for children. I was like, okay, I'll try. I'll try not to do that. Uh, sorry about that. I, I don't know what, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just could, I didn't stop eating them. I just kept eating them constantly. I got pulled in the manager's office again. And she goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why do you keep eating these? And I was like, I hated this job so much. It was horrible. Uh, and I put no effort into it, but I was just like, this is just a summer job. I don't really care. And I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I was eating that. She goes, I know I have you on camera. And I said, you can either make me a host or fire me, but I'm not going to stop eating these gummy worms. Okay. Like I just, I, I like them too much and I'm not going to stop eating them thinking she's going to fire me. And she goes, ugh. Just, just get behind the bar, whatever. So she just let me keep my job for like another bartering over gummy worms for yeah. But like, why didn't she fire me? By the way, she hated her job too. So she was like, whatever. So that was probably the worst job. There's so many stories in there of like going on horrific job interviews. I went on a job interview that was a complete front. It was not a real job. I was supposed to go in for an interview. They ended up driving me to the south side of Chicago and leaving me for the entire day to sell baseball White Sox tickets door to door. They left me all day. Like, 
this is this is like a job. It was like a sports marketing company, and I was supposed to just go in for like an interview. I was in a full suit. This is in like June or July, and I went in, and it was just there's so much like they sat me in a room with like 50 other people. We watched like a inspirational sports movie, a full movie of like an hour and a half. Then the movie was done. They called me into the office and they started talking with me, by the way, this was an office that was a fake office. Like they clearly, it's like, they almost like came in in the morning and like put up stuff to just make it <laughs> like an office. And then later that day, they like took everything out and then just left. It was just, they had, the guy had fake books on the back. Like the books were glued together. It was like a, a long row of like Encyclopedia Britannica's. And he had left the room at one point and I kind of leaned in and they were fake books. Wait, so were you being punked? Did you ever see this episode on any sort of punk? No, I, I wish I was punked. I was like, God, I really hope I'm being punked because this is insane. So, so were they real tickets? Yeah, they were real White Sox tickets. This this marketing job, like, but and I talk about in the book, there's a chapter called Fake Jobs, which are jobs that are technically real, but in no way explain the job description in no way explains what you're actually doing. You're com doing completely something else. So none of this was on the job description on the website. Uh, so they're like, yeah, you're going to go with Kyle today. He'll take you on a, a, like a marketing sales route. I'm like, okay. And this guy, Kyle, like he, he had like, a he had like baggy dress pants, no coat at, a white collar, long sleeve collar shirt that was like 10 times too big for him. And I remember him going to the car and being like, all right, this is kind of weird and going with him. And he opened his car door. I'll never forget this. And he leaned, you know, that pocket on the bottom of the, the door and he pulled a tie, just like one <laughs> swoop out of it. And just, he goes, yeah, yeah, we'll go. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll head down. And I didn't know where we were going. Yeah. He goes, we'll just, we'll just go to my route. You're lucky you didn't end up on a Dateline episode. If you 100%. And as we were driving, I'm like, okay, well, this is, I've never been in this neighborhood and this is not a good neighborhood. He pulls over on the side of the street and he's like, so here, here are tickets. He goes, you know, you know, the record for first day sold is like, you know, 150 tickets or something, which is probably complete bullshit. And I, I go, so. wait a minute. I'm still in the interview. Is this a, did I get the job? He goes, we'll see. And then he just left. This is like at 10, 11 in the morning. I'm on the South side of Chicago in a full suit. Uh, I don't look like I don't fit in. Let's just say that. Uh, and I'm carrying a bunch of white socks tickets and I'm just going door to door and I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue. Did he so give I you a price point or? Edit? I don't know. So I go to one house. I was like, all right, I'll try it. And I go to, I go to, I go to a house and I open the door and I just froze. I didn't know what to do. And I just screamed white sock tickets. And they're like, what? And I was like, do you want to buy white sock tickets? And they're like, no, get the hell off my porch. I was like, okay. And then I, and then I left. And then I was like, what am I doing? I'm not doing this. I'm not walking around. This is insane. Uh, so I just went to like a Burger King and sat there all day and then waited for him to come pick me up at like five. And he came and picked me up and he goes, how many did you sell? I go, none. He goes, are you crazy? He goes, we're going to be so in trouble. 
And I go, how many did you sell? And he goes, just get in. Like it, the whole thing was super shady. He like got mad at me in the car ride home, like back to the office. Everyone was gone. There was no one there. I thought I was going to have a recap, like exit interview with this guy who initially interviewed me. He was gone. The whole place was dark. He just dropped me off in the parking lot. And he goes, yeah, man. He goes, listen, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, you didn't sell any tickets. Like, I'm going to get in trouble tomorrow. I was like, dude, this is an interview. Like, what is happening? Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm out of here. So that's Are you one. Facebook friends with Kyle? Have you kept up with him? <laughs> I, well, I'm assuming he's <laughs> dead or something. I don't know <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, but yeah, that's there's so many stories. So many stories like you, that. Where did you find that job listing? I think that's- well, This is my point. Like this, the, on the internet, like it, it was like an Indeed. Yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, back then LinkedIn wasn't like super advanced and, and polished as it is now, but like Indeed and like these are in, some of these job sites are real. And also when you're young, you're just like, I, I need, I need to get some experience. Like- so unfortunately, you have to, especially in a, in a in a recession, you just need to find something after being not working for like six, seven months. Um, so you're 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 trying to get something. You're trying to get some experience, and so. So, what would someone who reads your book? What do you want them to take away from it? Yeah, I want to tell them like a lot of people have to work at jobs they don't like, and that's okay. Uh, and one, you're not alone. I think there's a lot of shame. People feel like they're at a job they don't like, and they're just like, this isn't what I want to do. And I'm wasting my life. And why am I here? And I'm not happy. And, and so the book talks about like, here, one, I've had several jobs and they're way worse than yours. So your situation isn't that bad Two, your situation is temporary and you can control you know, you can leave it or find something else. And also too, like if you're in a job you have to have for a bit, that's unpleasant. Like, you know, try to laugh about it. Try to find the funny things. Try to, you know, remember this stuff. Like I, I these jobs were such a, a dark spot and terrible time in my life, but I was able to write about them later uh, and they served me really well. So it wasn't uh, a complete loss. Um, and, and storytelling, you know, remember this stuff, remember these times, so there's going to be some of the funniest experiences of your life and you can use them later and, and it's temporary. It's not going to last forever, even though when you're in it, it seems like an eternity. So, um, so that's some of the, the that's some of the helpful tips and hints and guidelines. Cause there's a lot of people, especially after this pandemic and especially people graduating college, like post pandemic, like. A lot of people are gonna have a lot of bad jobs and a lot of people are gonna have to move back in with their parents. And I've done both. And this is what it's, you know, my personal experiences of what it's like. It's obviously very funny. Um, and just to know that it's okay. You're not alone. Shed the shame, you know, don't feel bad about it. You're not the only one. Sometimes when you, if you have a bad job and you're unhappy, you're just like, God, you feel like the world's, you know, caving in. But, you know, there's a lot of people going through the same thing you are. And I wanted people to read this book and have it be relatable and, and have them be like, oh, okay, like I'm in a shitty job and I'm reading this book. Like it's not all bad because he seems pretty happy now. He's married and 
obviously progressed in his career. So it doesn't last forever. And also it's, it's really funny and make sure that you can, you know, you have to laugh about it because sometimes you have to work at a job for not a super long time, but for a while, cause you need it. Um, and you have to get, there's, there's, you have to get through it. So you have to find ways to, to laugh about it. Well, I think coming out of the pandemic though, there's the great resignation. I think people more than ever are like, you know what? Life is too short. Life is short. Yeah. And how about the, how about the people that I write about this in my book too, like remote work, like people work remote in the pandemic and then pandemic's over these CEOs and managers want them to come back in and they're like, no, I want to work from home. And they're like, no, I'm mandating you to come back in the office. And those people are just quitting. They're just like, mm-hmm. Oh, like life is short. Like not doing it. Like it's no. not. Well, and you know, there are people that live in places where the commute can take two hours a day. Oh yeah. Working from home, they get those hours back. They get more time with their family and you know, they can sit down and have dinner together. And I think, you know, I think perspective for a lot of people changed. 100% too. And I, I, one of, one of my jobs, I worked for a staffing and recruiting company and I, and I worked remote at the time in Los Angeles for a Chicago based company. And I did a infographic and a blog and a research, you know, marketing piece about the benefits from working from home. And it's like your workers love it because there's less commute. They're actually more productive. They're less distracted. Um, the retention rates go through the roof. And as an employer, you get, you don't, you're not relegated to a specific demographic. You can get the best talent anywhere you want. And mm-hmm. you're not, you know, and, and retention rates go through the roof. And the other thing too, and I'll let you like a lot of CEOs and business owners are starting to understand this. If they're willing to acclimate with the times is that you don't need an office. You know how much money you can save by not leasing office space. Oh, I yeah. think in five to 10 years, I think that's one of the reasons lumber prices are so high is because commercial real estate, 30% of that is not ever coming back. So more people are doing renovations on their house, home offices. And a lot of these office buildings, I feel like in the suburbs or in the city, like they're either going to be turned into residential condos or they're, gonna, they're like phone booths. Like they're going to be like, who's in those anymore? Because so many people are working from home because owners are saving so much money on the overhead. Because well, you don't need to be. I mean, and when you pay the rent in New York City and you can move somewhere with a lower cost of living exactly. and still make decent money, I, a lot of people are doing that. 100%. So, yeah, and it, it talks about that, too, like the changing of the of, of the workforce as well. So. All right. Well, so I'm going to ask you uh, the worst question that HR asks when you interview. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do I see myself in five years? Um, you know, I <laughs> I love comedy. I love writing. Uh I've been doing comedy for 10 years and, uh, you know, I would love to write for a TV show or create, be a showrunner on a TV show in the entertainment industry. I lived in LA for a few years and have a background in performing, but, um, yeah, I, I love, like, I love, I really do like my job and I, I like what I do. I, I can't believe it. I never thought it would have turned into this. So I really, I really do like that. I think book wise, like I would love, I would love to have my own television show and I, I would love to write on a television show. 
you know, preferably a comedy. Um, so hopefully that's what I'm doing in five years, or I would love to own, uh, be like the creative director of like a social media agency. I, I think, I think social media is just expanding. Um, I know people are like deleting their accounts and trying to get off social media, but I just think like, I think it's going to be so specific and robust where you're going to have your Twitter, you know, like, you know, like a marketing team, you have like your paid search, your paid social, your brand team, you know, it's all spliced. And I feel like social media is going to be really similar. You're going to have your TikTok creators. You're going to have your Instagram story people. You're going to have your Twitter people. They're going to be like writers, comedy writers, like short, funny so are no. you active on your own social channels? You know, not a ton because I'm so, I'm always, it's funny. Like if you find people who work in social media, oftentimes their personal accounts are just a graveyard because they spend all their time doing other people's social media. So when you get home or you're done for the day, the last thing you want to do is more social media. I've been promoting my book, but Oftentimes, a lot of social media people who work at like a nine to five, their, mm-hmm. their social accounts are like nothing because they spend all their time on social media. So when they're off the clock, it's the last place they want to be. Right. It's a great pl- way to get discovered, though, for writers. 100%. And I've been, and I've been utilizing it for, for my book and promoting it, for sure, and, and doing those, those different avenues, for sure. But All right. Well... The game that I came up with, ironically, is Shitty Jobs, the Hollywood treatment. So given that you would like to be in Hollywood, it's very fitting. So I'm going to describe to you TV movies from the last, we'll say, 30 years. Um, And you tell me either the show or the character, depending on how the question is phrased. So the first one is... He was a miserable shoe salesman that seemingly hated his family in this Fox sitcom from the late 80s and 90s. And you maybe- I watched so much television and, and movies. On Fox in the late 80s, early 90s, he was a shoe salesman? Yeah, and he seemingly hated his, fa- his family, especially his wife, Peg. Peg, what the hell? I'm assuming these are very popular shows. This is very popular. In fact, the father, mother, and daughter from this sitcom all went on to have bigger careers. He was on Modern Family. Oh, Married with Children. Yes, Al Bundy. All right. A young woman aspires to be a serious journalist, ends up at a fashion publication, and quickly realizes it is hell. It's a movie. It's a movie? Yep. Devil Wears Prada? Yep. All right. Peter Gibbons is a man who hates his job at a software company. Office space. <laughs> I was thinking of that when you talked about working at Applebee's. Um, a desperate sales race heats up at the New York City real estate office, a race that will end with firing all but the top two salesmen in the office. This was also a Broadway play. The David Mamet. Uh Glendary Glenn Ross. Yes. Starring Al Pacino. Um, Buddy Atkinson. And Al Baldwin in that very famous scene. Yes. I've actually never seen that movie. Ever? Oh, my God. No. I've it's seen- like you can watch it once. It's really intense. The play is really good. I've read it, too. I, I've seen the movie. 
It's good, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's rewatchable. It's really intense. Okay. This is the last one. Buddy Ackerman, an influential movie mogul, hires Guy, a naive young writer, as his assistant. Guy, who had just graduated from film school, believes that his new job is a golden opportunity. Despite warnings from Rex, the outgoing assistant who has become hardened under Buddy's reign, Guy remains optimistic. This this movie starred um, Kevin um, uh, Spacey, and it's from 1994. My God, is this popular? Um, it was kind of an indie, an indie, I think, classic. Ninety-four. Is this before Usual Suspects? I think this was before. Yeah, that was actually like ninety-five. So not too much before. Swimming. Swimming. What? Swimming with sharks. Swimming with sharks. Yeah. Yes, you're right. That's well, all we have. That's not bad. I got most of them. You got most of them. You got all but one. So good job. Good job. So tell us um, your social channels. Tell the audience where they can look to find you to start being more creative in your social channels. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, there's some crazy stuff. So Instagram is at John Meloja. Twitter is at John Meloja. Can, uh, can you spell your last name? L-A-L-O-G-G-I-A. You can also go to johnlaloja.com, my website, and you can find the, the book there. It's available on my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Books, basically anywhere you get books. Um, so check out my website. There's um, opportunity to buy the book and also, you know, writing, you know, comedic writing pieces and, and things that I've written as well. Um, do you still pre- yeah. do you perform around Chicago? I used to before the pandemic. Now all the theaters have shut down. Some are reopening, um, but I haven't performed in a while. And I've really, since the pandemic, last couple of years, just really focused on um, writing more as to performing. Because my first, you know, eight years of doing comedy, it was majority of out three or four nights a week doing shows and performing. Um, and then I think as I got older, I think also living in Los Angeles too, you realize like life of an actor is really hard and you have very little control over, you know, your destiny and your career. But if you write something, the, the writing is harder than acting <laughs> like that. You have a better opportunity to make money and get a job if you can write because less people can write. And I found that more people say they can act and actually can, but there's less people that can actually write. And so I kind of- If only Josh was here to talk to you about this, his ears must be burning. Yeah, so I just kind of focus more on on writing than performing, which I performed the majority of my twenties, so. Oh, and you do have, you said a three month old baby. So that's, you kind of had a COVID baby, huh? Yeah, he was born in in late April. So, one of the reasons, like I, I, I finished the book or finished writing the book before my new job. And then I wanted to get the book like published, you know, like working with a publisher and like the cover, all the, the, the technical stuff, you know, just reviewing it and stuff. And I wanted the book done before he was born. So uh, the book was like finalized like a month after he was born. So I could start sharing it out and promoting it and stuff like that. So yeah, new dad too. So yeah, a lot of uh, it's been a busy last year or two. 
Yeah, those are two very big developments in your life. So well done. Congratulations. Thank you you so much. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. For our social channels, we're at Jobs Blow Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And our website is jobsblowpodcast.com. Um, I'm Brianna Haas. You can find me on Instagram at Haas one uh, Again, thank you so much, John. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you. And everyone, be sure to look for his book, Shitty Jobs. Thanks, Brianna. I appreciate you having me. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. My woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not.